0: City first, anywhere, Spring Creek, Cape Coral, God Behind Bars, Dixon and Hardy. It's a good day to be in the house of the Lord. Amen. Amen. Hey, if we haven't met yet, my name is Kyle. I'm honored I get a chance to hang out with you today. Uh, I think the world of your pastors, Pastor Jerry and Jen, come on, can we give God praise for them? Absolutely. Their consistency and character is very clear, and it emanates throughout the entire team. You are incredibly blessed here at City First Church. Uh, I'm excited to hop into the next installment in our series, Endless Summer, where we're unpacking different truths that can be found inside of the book of Proverbs, written by the wisest person that will ever live. And I don't know about you, but I can't ever have enough wisdom. Can I get a good, "All yeah, right there? Absolutely, absolutely. Today's message, if you're taking notes, is called Check Your Group Text. Check your group text. I actually wrote this while I was scrolling through my phone, checking all of my group text that I've pinned to the top of my messages uh, on my phone. Because how many of you know, if you look at your group text long enough, it'll tell you what you believe, it'll tell you where you're leaning, and it'll tell you the values that you're aligning yourself with. So check, check your group text today. Uh, pa- Pastor Jer made mention of this uh, just recently, and I'd love to let it be the springboard for where we're going today, you make your decisions and your decisions make you. You ought to look at somebody beside you and say, hey, that was for you right there. That was, that was, no, wrong neighbor, look behind you. Come on, tell them that was for you. That was for you. Uh, today, Proverbs chapter 15, verse 22 is our cornerstone scripture and it says, plans go wrong for lack of advice. Many advisors bring success. Plans go wrong for lack of advice. Many advisors bring success. As we're talking about decision making and how our decisions make us. Today we're going to incorporate the people who we invite close to make decisions with. Researchers tell us that on an average day we make about 35,000 remotely conscious decisions. Some as simple as, my head itches, I'm going to scratch it. Do you want coffee? The answer is always, yes. yes. How much? Keep pouring. (laughs) 35,000 decisions on a daily basis, and while all of them do not necessarily carry a level of consequence with them, there are some that carry a level of consequence that will affect us individually, the people that are connected to us, and the things that we put our hands to. And scripture is very clear to help us understand what it looks like to make successful decisions. It's not us making them all by ourselves, it's including wise advisors. The word advisors in the original language literally means those we're willing to confide in and be intimate with. When I say the word intimate, I would love for you not to connect it to something physical or sexual, but to connect it to those of the people whom you let see the real you. All right, y'all quiet. I'm going to go talk to them. Here we go. It's the people that you know. You you sitting in here right now, City First, anywhere. You've got your church face on today. Come on, you you showered this morning. You got clean socks on. Come on, you 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 you, you This this the church version of you today. Hello, but 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 you let Tuesday afternoon at 4:37 pop up. Come on, some of y'all gonna be in the car loop picking them up from soccer practice or something, and and the real you is gonna pop out and and the advisors that we bring close are the ones that we allow to see the real unfiltered version of us. I like to say it like this, our advisors are people who we find influential and important, influential and important. And I don't know about you, but I believe that not everyone qualifies to be influential or important in my life, is this microphone at the right volume today, y'all? Good. It's gonna get real, y'all. Ready? Uh, the reality is this: is that all of us are professionals at making bad decisions. Mm-hmm. That's a good spot to lean over and go. To. He's talking about you right now. He's he's, he's talking about you. We're professionals at making bad decisions. This message gets personal for me in a heartbeat because 20 years ago, I had a 30-day stretch of time where the consequences of all of my decisions that were bad and unhealthy collapsed on themselves simultaneously. I was excused from college after being on academic probation for two semesters. I got evicted from my apartment, and I lost my work-study job on campus all within 30 days. 19 years old, my dad drove two and a half hours to where I was, put me in the car, took me to sit in front of Chick-fil-A at the Altamont Mall in Orlando, and looked at me in my face and said, hey Kyle, I love you, but you are not coming home. So I did the next sensible thing. I called my mom. She said, whatever your dad said, I'm in agreement. I love you, bye. For the next little bit of time, I slept on the floor of a friend's apartment, tens of thousands of dollars in debt, no place to stay, no job, and now a mark on my credit. And the number one reason that got me in the space where I was is that I had made so many decisions without wise advisors. Can I go on record today and say that humility is the key that unlocks the door to healthy decision-making? And healthy decision-making includes bringing close wise advisors. You got to check who's in the group text to make sure that who's in the group text is adding value to you and not taking something away from you. Here we go. So uh, nearly 20 years ago, I started to build a game plan, if you will, found in scripture that would help me to make healthier and wiser decisions. The first stopping point that I got to was Proverbs chapter two, starting with verse one. It says, my child, listen. How many parents have said that to your kids in the last four hours? Some of us with our hands like this, because if we don't keep them like this, they will go like, (laughs) y'all pray for me this week. My child, listen, listen, Linda, listen to what I say and treasure my commands. Tune your ears to wisdom and concentrate on understanding. Tune your ears to wisdom. I, I love this part because it indicates that there was an intentionality behind the fact of how and what I was listening to. You ever been in a conversation before, maybe not you, but me, and that's why I'm in therapy, where you don't like the tone or the tenor that someone is speaking to you in, even though they're telling the truth and it's in love, but they telling the truth about you and you ain't want nobody to talk about you, hello. And they go, are you listening to me? And you look back at them and go, I heard you. You're hearing me, but you ain't listening. No, because remember, when people are helping us, the wise advisors that we have brought, brought close, it's because we've given them influence and we say that they are important. Check that group text. We bring them close where Scripture says here that we would tune our ears to wisdom. This shows a level of intentionality that we are choosing, here we go, to lean in to the way of wisdom and not the other ways that are presented to us along the way. Tune up. I grew up in the '90s. I was born in the '80s. Anybody like me, just kind of, you know, say, uh huh. Here we go. Yeah, okay. Appreciate y'all. Thank you. Thank you. So I know I look 16, but I'm actually almost 40. And so, uh, so I remember what it's like to have a radio. Come on, somebody. Okay, all right, there's 15 people, that's enough to keep preaching, here we go. You had to tune that radio, and I was born in the 80s, but I'm an old soul, so I like smooth jazz. Down in Florida, WSJT 94.1. I'd sing it for you, but I don't sound like Luther Vandross. Come on, somebody, Uh, I'd tune it. But here's the thing, with the radio, you had to be intentional about which channel you chose. And you could only choose, lean in, one channel at a time. Now I know that many of us in this room and watching City First anywhere, we're all at different spaces in our walk with God. Some of us are kicking the tires and we're not sure if we want to do this Jesus thing. But some of us have made the commitment to walk it out, Now walk it out, not walk it out, not walk it out. And so in this, there's a responsibility that we now have as believers and followers of Jesus to choose one station and stick to it. That station is not our feelings. A good therapist would tell you feelings are not facts. Hello? That station is not the next suggestion that culture puts on the table for us to devour. That station is the truth of God's word. And personally, I found that I was asking too many people for too much advice who hadn't proven that they were influential or important in my life mhm mhm yeah yeah it got so dumb back then not now that i used to wear my net worth on my feet let that sink in yep I thought that extra money for student loans was to go shopping. <laughs> Y'all don't want to mess with me today. Here we go. <laughs> yeah, I, had, I, I, I had the wrong voices at the wrong volume, wow. and because of that, I deemed the wrong people, the wrong voices, influential and important. And I found out through a number of hard bumps and bruises that inviting the right people close, raising your hand and saying I. Need help is the key to unlocking the door to healthier decisions. Because let's just be honest. In this room and, and watching City First Anywhere, you can have the best laid plans and the best of intentions, but if you surround yourself with people whose values don't align with your intentions, they will always sway you their way. It doesn't make them bad people, it just means that our values are in different spaces. The writer of 1 Corinthians 15, he says it like this, do not be misled, bad company corrupts good character. Yeah. I love the writer of 1 Corinthians 15, his name is uh, Paul. Paul is writing to a group of people that live in a city called Corinth. And if we were to fast forward time, Corinth back then is like Vegas today. What happens in Corinth stays in Corinth, unless it shows up in the New Testament. Just like what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas, unless it shows up in your Snapchat stream. (laughs) Paul, talking to those who are living in a culture where they are trying to follow Jesus, but are combating a culture that is going based upon feelings And emotions and desires that don't align with God's word. (laughs) Back then, not now. Paul, don't be misled. Bad company corrupts good character. Simply put, sometimes we miss it because we ask the the right questions to the wrong people. Sometimes we miss it because we ask the right questions to the wrong people. I feel like we got to know each other a little bit. Can I nestle in for a moment here? Uh Uh-huh, that's two people. That's enough. Here we go. (laughs) Sometimes we ask the the right questions to the wrong people. Like when we go to our single and searching friends about our marriage. Oh, it's quiet in here. I like it. I like it. Oh, yeah. Like when we include our in laws in our marital spat. Hoo-wee! Somebody's signing up for a life group right now. Here we go. Yeah. Like when we align ourselves with that friend group that always encourages you that it's the teacher's fault and not yours. Parents, I thought I'd get seven amens on that one right there. Yep, 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 yep. We've, we've got to be ever so cautious that we're not asking the right questions, but just to the wrong people. So who are the right people? Great, great question. I'm glad you asked. There's three things that identify who the healthy people are that will help us to develop wise advisors around us. Some of you uh, work in nonprofit spaces and you'd call them your board of directors. Some of you have companies and you call them your board of trustees. You're part of higher education, board of trustees. You, you have a board. This is how you develop. If we're talking sports, baseball, who's in your dugout? Who's alongside the bench with you? Who have you invited close and called them important and important? influential. Three things that I'd love to point to. They're not the only three things, but they're a good three things to start with. Number one, consistently check the track record of those you give the opportunity to influence your life. Number two, confirm that their advice lines up with God's word. Number three, embrace failure as a part of the learning process. Yep. Number one, here we go. consistently check the track record of those you give the opportunity to influence your life. Because some people are there to add seasoning to your life and some people are only there to be seasonal. Hmm, Can I I stay here for a second? Because you know, you can't trust food if it don't have any seasoning. I'm from the South, come on somebody. You gotta watch your blood pressure down there. Hello. Uh huh. They add seasoning. Jesus said that you are the salt of the earth. And how does salt remain salty if it loses its savor? Some people that you've brought close, you know that your life is simply better because they are there. Yeah. That's a really good spot to lean over to your spouse if they're with you today and just kiss them and tell them, come on, I love you and I'm so much better because you are here. Y'all ain't kissing, come on, somebody. Uh huh. If that's not your spouse, don't you kiss them. Don't, uh -uh. Mm uh-uh. That's illegal in all 50 states, hello. All 50. Uh, They add seasoning, they add flavor. There's just something that's better because they're there, but then there's other people. They're not bad, they're just, seasonal, like they were good for six months but then your next level outgrew their capacity. It doesn't make them bad, it just means it's time for you to grow and find the ones who are there for the next season. The worst thing possible as we're developing wise advisors is to drag seasonal people into seasons they weren't designed to be in with you. I'm not saying you got to cut folks and be rude and be nasty. No, I'm not saying that. But I am saying you have to be clear to know where the boundary is for access you're giving them to your life and your future. Yeah, yeah. Dr. Henry Cloud actually says that boundaries are the litmus test of relationships. If someone cannot respect your boundary, they do not qualify for access to your life. And let's be abundantly clear that boundaries are not walls. They are fences with a door. You allow in and you close out. I like this. Because consistently checking the track record of those you give the opportunity to influence your life means that you are, watch this, you are not judging the person, but you are, believer and follower, called to be a fruit inspector. Do you want your marriage to look like theirs when you've been married as long as them? Do you want to go through adversity with the same attitude that they have gone through adversity with? Do you want people to gossip about you like they gossip about them? Am I in the right place today? Uh-huh. Check the fruit. Number two, confirm that their advice lines up with God's word. <laughs> Who are we gonna go to? You ready? I remember at every transitional spot in life, people always offer me unsolicited advice. Like, you ever been in a conversation before, my wife has been pregnant twice, we got two kids, and they see that you're pregnant, and they just walk up and they start telling you stuff you ain't even asked for? I know it's bad English, but it's good preaching, come on. I I, I didn't ask for that, Uh uh-uh. So I had a guy. He, uh, in one season, he was seasoning, and another season, he became season all. And he walked up to me and he goes, "Hey, man, I know you're about to get married. I just want to tell you there are two words that will save your marriage." So, all right, here we go. He says, "Yes, dear." Crick. Cricket, cricket? That's his opinion. It ain't biblical. It's tight, come on somebody, let's go. Because in the marriage, God called us to serve one another. Submit yourselves to one another. Loving Jesus or loving my wife like Jesus loved the church does not mean I acquiesce to every one of her requests or vice versa. It means that I am constantly striving to love her best. Sometimes it means yes, dear. Sometimes yes, dear will cost me more than it's worth because it's not healthy. And when we live according to advice that's not biblical, we'll begin to invite toxins into relationships in our lives. Somebody's tight with me right now. I feel you. It's okay, baby. It's okay. Because it's important that we confirm advice to make sure it lines up with God's word. Oh, I'll get out of your marriage for a second and mine. Come on, here we go. Here we go. You ready? Ready? Like there's another one, follow your heart. It sounds so good on cards, right? It's great to write in a little post-it note that you give to a graduate. Hey, just follow your heart. (laughs) Follow your heart, your heart, your heart. Jeremiah 17, nine puts a pin in that. The heart is deceitful, and above all things, desperately wicked. And then it asks a rhetorical question. Emoji, who can know it? In other words, your heart is a liar. It wants what it wants, when it wants it, and it doesn't care who it has to jump over or crush to get it. And you want me to follow the thing that could cause damage to me and other people connected to me? No, no, boo-boo, that ain't the way. Like it sounds good, it feels even good to say, just follow your heart, listen to your heart. No! That's how you end up in relationships you wasn't designed to be in. And you wonder why you bout to bust the windows out his car. I grew up in the hip hop generation, y'all gotta forgive me. Brother, you get back to a date with her and you wonder why she gonna make you lose your mind. Up in here. Up in here, right, 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 right. It's because we were too busy listening to, or we made decisions based upon our, our hearts, our heart. <laughs> Instead of confirming whether or not it lines up with God's word. Here's another one that's really popular right now. Speak your truth. Speak your truth, speak your truth. <laughs> right. Because speaking our truth is actually connected to the relativity of our experiences. If I've only experienced to this point, then the truth that I speak is limited by what I've experienced. And then when I bust out of that experience and have another one, then my truth changes. I got to be honest with you. In this room, in City First, anywhere, I don't have the stomach for things that change all the time. Hairlines, waistlines, come on somebody. Hello, I need something that doesn't change. Heaven and earth may pass away, but that 66 books we call the Bible, it says it stays forever. That's that's what I need. I I need to build on something that has already been in my future and can coach me in my present and nurse me out of my past. I need the alpha and the omega, the beginning and the end. Come on, somebody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I don't need a savior that's praying about my future. I need a savior that guarantees my future. Knows how to guide me. Speak your truth. Nope, speak his. My truth gets me in trouble. His truth keeps me healthy. Y'all all right? Number three, embrace failure as a part of the learning process. Because failure is not fatal unless you determine failure is final. Can I say that again? Failure is not fatal unless you determine failure is final. If you are going to make progress in anything in life, it is going to require failure. 20 years ago, sleeping on a friend's floor, evicted, kicked out of college, and not able to come home, I failed. But in 2008, when I graduated college, I didn't want to walk, because I was like, we're done. My mama said, no, 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 I remember where we were in 2004, and uh, if you got a black mama like I got a black mama, when your mama speaks, I didn't hear you, I'm listening. She said, we're going to celebrate. Our failures hurt, but our failures give us an opportunity to learn where We need help. Where do I need advice? Where do I need a wise advisor? Where do I need a group of advisors? For me, it was financially. I needed somebody to help me to understand how to put together a budget. Here we go. And then stick to it. Some of us need an advisor to help us navigate our emotions so that we're not so unstable from day to day. Some of us need help and how to navigate our walk with Jesus. That's why being in a life group that launches today is a great option because we all need community. We were never designed to do life alone. It's much better when we do life, what? Together. It's not just a cliche. Well, I don't like life groups because there's weird people in life groups. Yes, so are you. I went to a life group, how many times? Once, not good enough, try it for an entire semester. Get connected, bring advisors close. Our our mutual friend, Ryan Leak, he talks about failure in his book, Chasing Failure, like this, and he says it's, it's much better to develop daily goals than yearly ones. Yearly ones can seem so far out, but daily goals help us to be able to track our progress moving forward. And even if you failed that day, if your eyes pop open the next day, you have a chance to take a next right step. This failure is inevitable. But bouncing back from it is possible if we'll lean in and embrace the moments that we're in. Reality is this. We all struggle to make healthy decisions and have healthy, wise advisors nearby. We all do. No one is exempt. But I'd like to challenge you in your decision-making today if I can be ever so bold and say, instead of asking yourself the question, is this a good or a bad decision? Begin asking yourself this question, is this God's best for me? You're dating in the morning when you're spending time one-on-one with God, ask God, God, is this this the best man you have from me? Is this the best woman you have from me? Some of us are already married and there's calamity inside of the relationship and the calamity doesn't mean that you're terrible or that your marriage won't make it. It just means that you're two human beings trying to figure out how to do a home together. I thought I'd get a better amen on that one. Yeah. Ask God, 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 is my thinking the best that you have for me? Is the attitude that I'm carrying the best that you have for me? i gotta be honest with you. In this room and, and watching City First anywhere online, let's just, let's just be clear. Every day you're presented with the opportunity of whether or not you're going to choose the best or not. I'm getting closer to 40 and I gotta make better choices specifically in my health, and I'll be honest with you, I like to eat like I'm still in college. Which means I like to have a half a dozen donuts at a time. Anybody feel like me? From the South, we got Krispy Kreme. And that sign says hot, and now, it feels like a burning bush inviting me to follow. And with every bite I sing, then sings my soul, my Savior got to thee. How great thou art. So the other day I'm, driving, I'm going through the drive through and uh, I just want a cup of coffee. I just came for a cup of coffee. I need to be caffeinated. I just need a cup of coffee. And they go, hey, it's free donut day today. I'm like, the devil is a liar. Mm-mm. Start playing Maverick City. Jaira, you are in love. <laughs> Said no. I drove up to the window. I paid. They gave me my coffee, and then they were so slick. They slipped me the furry donut. I don't know why you shouting. That ain't God. That ain't, that wasn't God. <laughs> To play around the golf and I left it on the driver the passenger seat. Came back, it was all dry and hard. I said, thank you, Jesus. <laughs> he made a way. God made it fail, so I threw it in the garbage. There you go, Kyle, this is such a dumb story. I know, I know, just follow me. It's really trite. But I know that one donut from me leads to five more. And although it's a donut story and it's really simple There's at least one space in our life that if we just give something an inch, it'll take a mile. And we'll be left somewhere for a longer time than we ever imagined. And we'll be stuck with consequences that we never actually wanted. But I came to encourage you today that the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob is the God of you today. Proverbs 24 says it like this. Here we go. A house is built by wisdom and becomes strong through good sense. So don't go to war without wise guidance. Victory depends on having many what? Advisors. People who are important and people who have influence. Check your group text. Because when the writer talks about a house, in some instances, it means a nation. In some instances, it means a government. But in this instance, it gets personal. It's talking about your address, your relatives, your children, and your spouse. And if he is the God of our houses, victory hinges on having many advisors to develop a house that is unmovable. I feel my help coming now and unshakable no matter the storm and as I stand in front of you today I don't stand in front of you as a perfect person who's made the greatest of decisions all the time I am a man following Jesus that needs him every hour and every moment but I'm thankful that I stand on the shoulders of giants like Dwight and Jeannie Rogers who are my parents And they come from homes of abuse, and they came from homes of adultery. And it is a statistical anomaly that I'm standing in front of you today based upon the homes that they came from. But when the two became one, they said that we decide, I feel the Holy Spirit in here, that we decide to build our house on wisdom with wise counsel. And I stand in front of you today watching them be married for 40 years to one spouse, and watching them love their children and watching them raise their children and train them in the way that they should go and somebody in this room or watching online needs to know that it's possible where your parents came from is not where you have to end up where you are today isn't where you have to stay because whom the Sun sets free is free indeed. It all hinges on wisdom. It all hinges on application. My hope is, I feel it, it's built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and his righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest frame, but wholly lean where on Jesus' name. If you believe this, will you throw your hands in the air and will you
1: give God some kind of praise? Come on.
0: decisions and your decisions make you in this moment I want to give an opportunity for someone to make the greatest decision that you could ever make that will make every other day from here something eternally significant that decision is to invite Jesus in to your house to your life and to lead you moving forward in a moment, we're gonna pray a simple prayer of commitment and City First, I'm gonna ask you to pray this prayer out loud because it's never God's desire that anyone would feel left out. And all that matters is that with every word that comes off of your vocal cords, you believe in your heart. And scripture says, you will be saved. Let's pray this prayer together. Jesus, I need you. I've tried on my own and I've failed. But today, I hand you my sin I receive your forgiveness. I hand you my life. I receive your love. Be Lord of my life and King of my heart today and every day to come. In Jesus' name, amen, amen.
1: Come on, one more time. Can you give him a big shout of praise in here? Hey!